Hi, welcome everybody. This is Katie Klingensmith with Brandywine Global recording a podcast with uh, Jack McIntyre as part of our series around the curve. Jack, there's so much conversation around inflation and what it means right now. Um, welcome and just give us a quick introduction. W- what do you think the inflation situation is right now in the U.S. and globally? First of all, it's great to be here and have this conversation. And, you know, inflation is a critical variable on, on a whole bunch of different markets right now. So, you know, inf- inflation, uh, hey, the, the seeds were planted around the pandemic. Um, you know, we're dealing with it. Uh, you know, it, it's we've gone from extreme monetary fiscal policies that were very stimulative to ones that are tightened in response to inflation. Uh, it's a, driven by supply shortages. Demand has been robust right now throughout the cycle. Uh, So, you know, we've got to see the idea of inflation kind of, you know, peaking and and where is it going to decline uh, from here? And how do we position our portfolios to to take advantage of that? You know, inflation is certainly peaking uh, with monetary policy turning ultra restrictive. It's going to continue to decline, particularly in this idea of inventories building and demand waning. And I think that's kind of the, the critical scenario of getting inflation lower. So inflation already peaking. Um, what might make the Fed more concerned or you more concerned that inflation is stickier? Yeah, it's this concept of uh, pain, meaning the central banks, uh, politicians, that they start to you know, when we start to see weakness in the labor market, which is a necessary ingredient to get inflation lower, when they start to back off, you know, when central banks say, hey, we've probably done enough, we start to get turned a little bit more stimulative, but it's too early in the cycle. There's been episodes throughout history where central banks have done that and they've kind of planted the seed of more sustainable inflation and inflation expectations uh, moving higher right now. And, and uh, you know, again, it's it's easy to say and introduce this concept of pain, but when you really start to see it negatively impact the economy, it's hard to stick with it uh, right now. And, and that's my biggest concern is that we start to see um, central banks back off of it. And then uh, without really, you know, having inflation reach their their targets. And and what might really make inflation sticky? I mean, do you see expectations being too high right now? Well, inflation expectations are going to be too high if inflation stays too high for too long. Uh, you know, again, inflation expectations are all not surprisingly driven by about actual I- inflation. You know, and again, if if it's if it leaks into that, and we haven't seen it yet based on the inflation expectation surveys, but if it does then that really kind of seeps into, you know, that labor demanding more, and then that kind of opens the door for that wage price spiral to, to take effect. Obviously something that the Fed's watching. And most of this, I think, is especially pertinent to the U.S., but are you seeing similar inflation trends outside of the U.S.? Yeah, we are. Because again, I mean, the, you know, the pandemic uh, was a root cause of supply chain issues. Uh, they haven't fully worked their way through right now. So that's a global phenomena. Higher food and energy prices uh, in general, you know, are impacting everybody on the same level. The Russia-Ukraine war is exacerbating uh, commodity-based uh, I- inflation as well. So uh, it is it, it is a global phenomena. And you have to think about the impact of currencies. You know, the U.S. has been in a position, we're benefiting from a strong dollar. That's actually keeping a lid on inflation. Europe has the exact opposite issue, other countries uh, as well. So they're, you know, again, think about, hey, people are frustrated about how much they're paying for 
gasoline or certainly it's been a theme this year but you know if you're sitting in europe well you're paying even more because you've got to you know do that currency translation and that's making energy prices even more uh you know meaningful in terms of their price appreciation and let alone they've got the energy shock of uh you know russia shutting off the uh, the pipelines into europe so bring that all together in terms of your outlook for inflation both for the us and globally our mindset is that you know this is not a repeat of the 1970s uh you know and again because the reason one of the reasons i say that is because the fed has learned a lot they know the mistakes that were made in the 1970s and you know the primary mistake is hey tightening but not really tightening enough to break inflation volcker ultimately came in and kind of cleaned up the mess and, and set the stage for decades of, of low inflation. Uh, I, I'm going to bet that Powell is a little bit more like Volcker. And the reason I say that is because, you know, treasuries uh, look interesting uh, in here. I mean, again, you know, everything points towards a, a clear slowing of, of the, the economy, global economy, uh, because you've only got, you know, a couple of central banks that are actually fighting the trend and doing more monetary stimulus away from that. Everything points towards fiscal and monetary contraction in here. And that ultimately should lead to a much better environment for financial assets, including bonds. Uh, and I think one of the things that looks very attractive is that when we look at away from Europe and the US to emerging markets, and I've been very impressed that their central banks uh, have had um, as big a backbone as what central banks even more so than central banks in the developed world. They started earlier. They've been committed to that. We've seen, and this is, I think, a critical variable in the sense that we've seen some countries take their real, so inflation-adjusted policy rates into positive territory. U.S. is nowhere close to doing that right now, and that ultimately should make those bonds look very attractive. We're seeing that in some of those Latin America uh, sovereign bonds. So, you know, I think that could be the biggest beneficiary as inflation sort of peaks and, and heads lower over the coming years. That's very helpful. Thank you so much, Jack McIntyre, for joining us at today's conversation around the curve.